Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Sometimes you watch a game and you think, I just saw one of the great ones. And Red Sox-Astros, game four, was one of those games. It had everything. It had twists. It had turns. It had big plays offensively. It had big plays defensively. It had brain cramps. It had strategical questions. And it's got a huge umpire controversy. But really, that's all you need. It's like getting a, you know, in Willy Wonka, when, uh, uh, who is it, uh, uh, Violet? Right, gets the gets the you eat the one pill and it's the seven course meal. Yeah, and Willie Wonka says, "Yeah, spit it out, spit it out." That's yeah, we haven't game we was. haven't quite gotten the dessert figured out yet. This game, yeah, <laughs> become a big blueberry. Yeah, that's what this game was. It happens. This game gave us absolutely everything 
you would want in a playoff game. And we'll get to the controversy coming up in a couple of seconds. But first, this is how the game ended. The Red Sox are up two runs in the ninth inning. Craig Kimbrell is in, which is never good for any Red Sox fan because they have to start taking heart medicine. The Astros load the bases with two outs. Bregman comes up. He hits a sinking liner to left field. It looks like it was going to be a tie game, but... Kimbrell comes to the set. Outfield a step to the right, the pitch. Swing and a line drive, left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did! He got it! And the Red Sox win. <laughs> the Red Sox As win. I just went head over heels in my chair. <laughs> oh, wow, what a catch by Andrew That's Benintendi. Excitement. Unbelievable. What a play. And the Red Sox lead the series three games to one. Red Sox radio network. Oh, my God, they just made a play. Falls over in the broadcast. It happens, booth. buddy. You get over overcome with emotion. It was, a glass case of emotion. It was that kind of play by Benintendi, who leaps in, no question, no hesitation, dives, and makes the play that saves the game. Look, you know what this play was? This was the equivalent of an NBA player like a Kobe Bryant, like anybody you, you can think of, like a Steph Curry, who dribbles the clock all the way down at the end of a playoff game, and I'm either going to make a game-winning shot or I'm going to miss it and we're going to lose because that was Benintendi's play. He was either going to make that play and they were going to win the game or they were probably going to lose. The base is loaded and two outs. Everybody's off at the crack of the bat. He dives. He doesn't catch it. That ball gets behind him. It's over. It was, I'm either going to make a play to win this game and we're going to win it or we're going to lose. And it was that kind of game where plays like that because the because the runs are pouring off the board you know that no lead was safe it was a two-run lead then it was tied a one-run lead the lead is going back and forth it's one of those games where you need that final exclamation nail in the coffin type play and that's what Ben Intendi made that was a hero's play right there well when you have the runners on you've got David Price has been up and throwing which becomes a nice little uh, side story of it all, given his playoff history, right? Gets the the big win in game two, but certainly uh, is raising eyebrows. And Kimbrel's been an adventure every time out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for all baseball fans, and and I'm sure someone's going to lament. Look how late the game is. <laughs> it was one thirty on the East Coast when it went final. It is late. It is late. I, I can't because right, everybody late. was crying about it yesterday again. Look at this Dodger game going. To, it's like it's the way late. it works. It's late. What are you gonna do? It's like when it's like people who say, "Boy, can you believe this weather?" Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. All right, it's hot. What, what can move we somewhere there? else? What can I do? It's hot. Move I mean, somewhere. Go, look, complaining to me and there's nothing. I, it's hot. Go to the yes. almanac. Print out where the. <laughs> Average temperature for this time of the year is better. I don't know what to tell you. It's hot but here. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. hot. Nothing I can do about it. No, it's you started. Want to talk more about it? Yeah, boy. Yeah, it's hot. It's good. What about tomorrow? It's going to be hot. It's going to okay. be hot again. Oh, yeah, Games are going to end late. They end late. Get yourself a swamp cooler. Go find a nice fan. Get some air conditioning put in. You know what you but do? we had controversy at the start, and we end with a great catch. Do do every, Do everything you need to do, and then just watch the last, you know, tune in like two and a half hours in. Well, but it's like NBA games, we always said, right? I just watch the last watch five minutes. Watch the last five, six minutes. <laughs> ah, maybe the final uh, quarter. What time does it tip off? 
Seven? All right, I'll come in about 8.15 and we'll see where we're at. Uh, but I mean it. This was, you know, you watch a playoff game and you realize I just watch a legendary one. And that's what this was. Because really, I mean, anything you want in a playoff game, you had. Some people like pitching duels in playoff games. Some people like, hey, when we see a bunch of runs scored. But we got to see runs scored and good pitching performances. We got to see clutch pitching performances. We got to see clutch defensive plays. You got Mookie Betts making defensive plays in right field when he gets the you know he gets the benefit of the doubt on. Well, you know. But another play, you know, throwing a runner out at second base, trying to stretch a single into a double. So many big plays, brain cramp plays, not touching the base uh, that that, that allowed Correa. that allowed a run by Correa. Yeah, bad and, move. Went for the neighborhood play. Uh, you don't get away with that anymore. Yeah, you, not when you're a good six inches off the base. And there's you needed nothing else in this game, and the 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 cherry on top of this is the controversy surrounding what happened in the first inning of this game. Now remember, this is a two run game. This is not to say the Astros would have won because you're talking about a play that's the first inning of a game turned out to be eight six. Maybe they're still playing. It would have been a different game, but it's about getting the call right. Jose Altuve is up. Bottom of the first inning, the Red Sox already have a 2-0 lead, and with one swing of the bat, he tied it until he didn't. And Altuve hits it in the air to right, fairly deep. It sends back bat, still going back on the warning track. He leaves, and that ball is off the wall. It's in play. I think they're going to call fan interference. They are. And Altuve is going to stop at second, Springer at third. Right field umpire Joe West saying that a fan interfered with Mookie Betts as he leapt to catch that ball up against the fence. And right now a double for Altuve. All right. All right. Headsets come off. And the call is the same. So it's going to be fan interference. Springer is going to be at third. Altuve at second. And Springer not happy. Neither is Altuve. Oh, wait, are they calling an out? Yeah, Yeah, they're calling an out, so Springer goes back to first base. So they're calling that an out. So Altuve is out. There are two outs in the inning, and Springer's at first base. KBME on the call. Joe West. Yeah, I say that, and everybody goes, oh, my God, Joe West. Joe West is the umpire who made the call of fan interference. Instead of a two-run homer and a tie game, it is an out. Runner goes back to first. The Astros get nothing and have to like it. I guess they don't have to like it. They hate it. In the first inning, a game they went on to lose by two runs. Coming up Ooh. in one minute, we break it down and tell you just w- why and how Joe West was incredibly wrong by making that call and the fact that MLB stood behind it on replay review, I can't even fathom. Discover Card believes anniversaries should be a time of celebration, not obligation. That's why they think annual fees are ridiculous. And now, just for giving them a try, Discover will give new card members a one-year anniversary gift they'll never forget. At the end of your first year, they'll match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar. That's right, dollar for dollar. No caps and no catches. Try it and believe it at discover.com slash match. That's discover.com slash match. Only for new card members. Limitations apply. Joe West is not an umpire that enforces the rules. He has his own interpretation of the rules. He runs out to the outfield and with his naked eye says that Mookie Betts jumping up for the ball, it was fan interference and he couldn't catch it. So he calls an out. 
They actually review it in New York, and here's what I don't get. First of all, I don't get how Joe West sees that's fan interference with his naked eye. I would get that you call it a home run, and then you go back and look at it on replay to make sure there's no fan interference, but how does he see that? He doesn't see where Mookie Betts' glove is. He can't see it from where he's at. So to call fan interference on the field is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But he does call for a review. I'm like, okay, well, this is where it's going to get changed. And despite the fact that the fans in the first row do not reach over the field of play for the ball. In fact, they're doing everything to make sure they're not reaching forward. Their hands are, are tight to their chest and their elbows are down. They're trying to grab the ball and kind of cup it. In a, you know, That's how they're trying to catch it. They're not on the field of play. Mookie Betts jumps up. His glove touches the fans. If the fans aren't reaching out over the field of play, Mookie Betts' glove is in the stands. I'm sorry, but it is. It was easy to see. Instead, nope. It's still ruled they are sticking behind Joe West for that call. And I can't understand how they would do that. Major League Baseball is so inconsistent with how they call things on replay. It's embarrassing. And I, I mean, we're we got AJ Hinch coming up as talking right now. We're going to hear from him coming up in a few minutes. His impression, what he thinks about the the play with Altuve and Mookie Betts in the first inning. But I, I really don't understand. I, I, I want to hear. I need to hear from Joe West. I need to hear from Major League Baseball. But again, I'm probably not because today was a day where Rob Manfred decided. Well, we're just going to find Manny Machado and. Even though a story is less than 24 hours old, yeah, the Astros were stealing signs and and it was illegal and and we have five teams involved. We've conducted a comprehensive investigation and decided that there's nothing to see here and this story is closed. Buddy, it was a defensive move based on what other teams (laughs) might have been doing. You don't buy that excuse? You don't believe that we had a hundred percent that that's exactly what they were doing. The story broke twenty four hours ago. Five teams said yes. We've complained to Major League yeah. Baseball. The Astros are stealing signs. We have Astros Spygate. And instead of well, we got to look into this. Baseball says no. We had a comprehensive investigation, and we believe the Astros were taping the Red Sox to make sure they weren't doing anything illegal. We've warned all the teams to say, "Hey, don't do this anymore." Case closed. Rob Manfred, Mike, I, I I don't know who I get disappointed in more. It's like Rob Manfred and Adam Silver have a hold my beer contest. Oh, you think I'm embarrassing? Hold my beer. Watch this. Rob Manfred and Adam Silver want to do nothing. They never want to do anything. They're afraid to have an impact on the game. This is now three things that you're going to see. You're going to see Major League Baseball say, we stand behind our umpires, when clearly they blew that play. They clearly blew that play because there's nobody that can tell me that Mookie Betts was in the field of play. The fact that his glove touches the fans who are not reaching over. I mean, there's a there's a, there's a full foot, foot and a half between where the fence is and the line is and where the fans' hands are. Well, that's the, the biggest thing. Based on the way the rule is explicitly written, it's not fan interference. If the player goes into, into the crowd, is it is at their own peril. I like the way they phrase it in that kind of grandiose terminology. But the fact of the matter is you got the glove closing and we can argue based on the different camera angles, how much of that was Betts closing it himself versus contact with a fan. And was he ever going to catch the ball anyway? Cause the ball seemed to be coming uh, inches, good nine to 12 inches away from where his glove is at that moment. Like, I don't, I agree with, with, Hinch, I, I agree with everybody else uh, in that as this swirls about is I don't know how you assume an out. Well, you know, and that's one thing that I don't know. 
Can you look at the replay? Because as you, I, I don't believe that the fan made Betts close his glove. He was closing his glove already. Look to me he like was he not was already catch that ball. He was not going to catch it. Right? He's not going to catch that ball because he's jumping up and he's putting his glove up there. He is not in a position to catch the ball. He is going into the stands to try to make an incredible catch. Now, I don't know if that's part of the review process. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you when I know stuff and don't know stuff. Is that part of it where they can look at it and say, for fan interference, can they interpret it and say, well, he wasn't going to catch this ball and so that so that's out the window. But is I mean, it? I, I but it's got to be an unwritten rule if that's the case because as this lays out, it's the rule says if it's out of the field of play, there's no fan interference. They've got to be reaching into the field of play. Taken further, the fan wasn't ejected mm-hmm. for interfering with a, a batted ball in play, right? Isn't that the normal protocol? Just if you if you have a, a shot down the line or something and you uh-huh. decide to reach over, you're out. You're getting a nice security escort to the to your seats. Uh, and then grab your stuff, and then we're going to take you out, and, and, and away you go into the parking lot for a good night. Here, Fan was evidently talked to for a minute or two, but didn't get himself ejected. So the that that's incongruous. You might as well just put up the, the plexiglass. I want it like hockey then. Everything becomes oh, a nice. quasi-monster. Sure. So you don't have any jumping over the fence unless they become superhumans with pogo sticks and metahumans are now running out in the outfield. So we might lose a little bit of the excitement of Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and these guys. But we'll have fans banging on the glass and cursing at people. So that's good. Well, and they can't I, interfere with fly balls. I can put my beer where it's like in the NHL. Well, you and have to. People are standing yeah, up no, you got to the let them have a place for their beer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what I'm expecting from Major League Baseball. I say I want to hear it, but I know we're just going to be disappointed because that's – you know that's major league baseball. They're the they're the kid you have that always disappoints you. Oh well, maybe they'll t- no. They're just going to do this. But I I I really I don't know how they can say yes upon further review. We have to stick with Joe West's call. I, I don't. I know just want to know what the I don't interpretation know how he is. Made that call to begin with and say yep, that's that's going to be interference. Well, how do you decide it's obviously going to be caught? Like that's really where it comes down to in terms of a fan and interference detailing that. You interfered with a ball that should have been an easy routine, routine play, and it's not. Clearly, he's leaping towards the wall, bracing for impact, and closing his glove. You, you can't tell me that just a little bit of a brush with a fan who's standing there is enough. If you're an outfielder going after a ball, that you're going to instinctively close it, right? This isn't mm-hmm. a Venus flytrap where I'm poking it with a stick and watching it try to clamp around it. No, you, you're a major league ball player. You control whether your glove is open or shut <laughs> as you attempt to catch a fly ball. So uh, I, I think Major League Baseball has some explaining to do, but as we've detailed on so many other instances, uh, I, I think they'll clap their hands Vegas blackjack dealer style and just say, wasn't it a fun game? <laughs> Everybody was engaged. Are you not entertained? You were entertained. <laughs> And attending down at, you know, diving for the ball to close out the game. Isn't that wonderful? Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joining us now on the hotline, former NBA star, our teammate here at Fox Sports, NBA analyst Karan Butler. And Karan, I'll tell you what, watch the Knicks tonight. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to go to the finals. And they're going to sweep the Warriors. Whoa. <laughs> oh, okay. And then you woke up. That's what everybody said. But it was an awesome dream, wasn't it? Yeah, it 
one hell of a dream, man. But, hey, that's just that time of the year, man. That's when all the nightmares and things start happening. But, you know, this is the time where you got to believe. You know, everybody starts with a fresh start, 0-0, and and you uh, you coming fresh off training camp, a couple preseason games where guys not really going 100%. So you feel that, that, that little confidence. But reality, man, reality, it bites like a thousand bucks. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, though, Karan, though, like between watching the, the Celtics last night, and yes, I'll include the Knicks, I just like seeing a couple of teams working deeper down in the bench. For whatever reason, the Celtics, we talk about Hayward and Irving, you can monitor their minutes and, and hang out, whatever, with the Knicks, it's the, playing the Hawks. But but the idea that we might actually have some teams looking to extend their benches has me a bit excited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, with, with certain teams that's, you know, not really competing for you know, playoff positions of this marathon season, you're going to see a lot of guys get a lot of quality minutes because you got to discover or figure out what you actually have, you know. But with some of the teams that's pretty much uh, assembled and you know what you got, you're going to see those guys just trying to, you know, play their rotational guys. They know exactly what, you know, uh, expected of them and how to move forward and, you know, win games, and that's what you're going to see. But it's a lot of – it's a wealth of young talent right now in the association, so – You'll see a lot of young guys getting a lot of ticks. You know, and the one thing, too, is, look, obviously, Karan, I'm a big Knicks fan, and this could be as good as it gets for us all season. But I really <laughs> like David Fisdale, and I think plenty of teams missed the boat on him because he is exactly the kind of head coach that teams need right now. He's young. He relates to players. He still is able to have that kind of relationship, yet he relies on analytics. I think the Knicks got really lucky that he said yes. They got blessed, and they, they got – it was a great situation for them, and it was a great rebound for him. And, you know, look, you know, another another person's tragedy, another guy, another organization's treasure, and that's just exactly what it was. You know, Marcus Saul wasn't seeing eye-to-eye with him. He's the franchise guy, leader in pretty much all the categories down there in Memphis. And, you know, they, they decided to stick with the players instead of going with Fizz, and, you know – he, he landed right on his feet, and I think he's a great developmental guy. LeBron James vouched for him. Dwayne Wade, my brother, he vouched for him. He said nothing but great things, and, you know, I could see that, you know, coming into fruition in, in due time in, in, in New York. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, our teammate here at Fox Sports Radio, 14 years in the league, former first-round pick, it's Karan Butler. He's got lots of stuff working. You got to go over and follow him on Twitter at Real Tough Juice, Real T U F Juice on Twitter to check that out. Uh, Karan, so obviously here in Los Angeles, all eyes not not even though the Clippers have a two point lead on the Nuggets as we speak, uh, it, it's all about LeBron James and getting this squad rolling. What are real ex- realistic expectations for the first month or so of this season? Man, listen, I think LeBron James. And, and the Los Angeles Lakers is going to be the story in the headline all season. You know what the Golden State Warriors is going to do. For the last couple of years, it's been the Golden State Invitational in the Western Conference. <laughs> you know, they're going to be there. And then in the Eastern Conference, you know, with LeBron James being gone, now, you know, the paper favorite off top is the Boston Celtics. So you look at that talent and what they got assembled. Now you fast forward back to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's all about can these guys, the playmakers, you know, fit and help assist LeBron James' talent. And I think that they will, and I, and I think that the versatility of Rondo and being a floor general and his high bas- basketball IQ and Kuzma, the growth of him, and possibly playing at the five position sometimes, he's going to have the mismatch night in and night out. It's going to be interesting to see that young team come together. And, and, and also the future of, you know, Lonzo Ball. I, I hope he 
he's he's going to stay put and be with the organization. And you know, Levar Ball has hasn't said a word. That's that's shocking. Like I haven't heard anything from that camp and that side. So you know, it seems like everybody's buying into you know playing with LeBron James and playing the right way. You know, as far as Kawhi Leonard goes, we talk about the Cavaliers tonight, minus LeBron James, lose to the Raptors, 116-104. Kawhi has a big night, 24 points, 12 rebounds. What kind of year do you think we're going to get from him as it comes to how he's meshing in Toronto? Will it be a year where, hey, everything goes to by the wayside and he plays great basketball and we can concentrate on that? Or are we going to get stories like he's not happy, he doesn't go out because it's too cold in Toronto, and that's going to kind of nip at everybody's heels as we go along? Listen, this is the type of year you're going to get from Kawhi Leonard. Think about the Western Conference and when he was playing the San Antonio Spurs and the guys that got all-star snubs. Dame Lillard, he would be a perennial all-star in the Eastern Conference easy and you're already talking about the, the future Hall of Famer to be if he was in the Eastern Conference already. So Kawhi Leonard was, you know, considered the best two-way player in all of basketball, and then now he takes his talent from the Western Conference, which is the toughest conference to play in, and go to the Eastern Conference to a already number one seeded team, and they add some intangibles, they make the coaches change, and everything is built pretty much around his offensive strengths. He's going to have one heck of a season. Uh, I don't see anyone in the way – uh, slowing him down. You know, you have a guy like Giannis Oladipo and guys like that, but I, I just I, I don't see anyone slowing him down. I think he's going to be in the MVP discussion along with Steph Curry, KD, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Greek Freak, and those guys, but uh, he's on that short list. He's definitely on that short list. Seeing him in uh, Tony Parker and other uniforms still makes no sense to me. Uh, one, one guy that did show up in his, uh, well, regular uniform, Jimmy Butler, uh, went 31 minutes, 23 points. You surprised that he's still uh, showing up for work and that they haven't consummated a trade at this point? Listen, he he has a job to do, and he understands that. And, you know, the more you're not out there doing your job, you, you know, your value goes down. You know, it's, it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately, you know, league, and it's, it's, it's pretty much like that in the world. So your value goes up mm-hmm. as you continue to produce at a high level, and he understands that, and – you know, the better he, the better off he is, is you know just embracing that, uh, you know, shaking hands with the guys and being in a respectable uh, place, and that's exactly what he did. And he he performed his tail off. They fell a little short against San Antonio tonight, but he looked extremely well and it looked like they're going to be in the mix again this season in the Western Conference. You can follow him on Twitter at Real Tough Juice with two Fs. That's at Real Tough Juice. Karan Butler, of course, the Chris and Karan show as well. His website, KaranButler.com. As always, Karan, appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you next week when the Knicks are still undefeated. Ah, <laughs> short, short lived, bro. <laughs> hey, what if it's as good as it gets? Thanks, Karan. <laughs> See you, buddy. No problem, bro. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Earlier today in the NLCS, the Dodgers win over the Brewers, and in 24 hours they go from, hey, man, we're barely hanging on to, uh, we're going back to Milwaukee up 3-2 with a chance to go back to the World Series with one more win. Clayton Kershaw pitched phenomenal today. And, you know, look, I got to say this, the Dodgers bullpen, for all the talk we say about the Brewers bullpen and how good it is, the Dodgers bullpen has been fantastic. It's been better than the Brewers bullpen. Their bullpen has been absolutely fantastic the entire playoffs. But today, Kershaw, seven innings, one run. It was what you get from Clayton Kershaw. Sometimes you get a great outing like this. Sometimes you get a bad outing. He's a 500 pitcher in the playoffs. His ERA is 4.5 for a reason. 
That's the kind of guy he is. But we told you when he was skipped over to start game one of the NLDS against the Braves, this is the beginning of the Dodgers divorcing themselves from Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's got an opt-out at the end of this year for a contract. He's got two more years left, but he has an opt-out. This is Clayton Kershaw's opt-out. It's not the Dodgers. This is his player option. He can opt out of his deal. The Dodgers say you're not pitching game one. They know that's going to piss Kershaw off. They're hoping it it motivates him, and certainly so far a couple of outings have been great by him, but they know that the result could end up being Clayton Kershaw leaves because he's really pissed off. Before the game today, Kershaw spent time waxing poetically about his time with the Dodgers. He's going to think about opting out after the World Series is over. He says, I'll have 10 busy days after the World Series to see if I want to opt out and test free agency or stay with the Dodgers. The reason we told you this divorce is going to happen and the Dodgers are pushing this was on display when the Dodgers were asked about Kershaw a day ago. President of Baseball Operations, Andrew Friedman, was asked about Kershaw. Hey, this could be his last start coming up today because if Kershaw was bad and the Dodgers lost, they could lose the NLCS and Kershaw may be his last game as a Dodger, which suddenly all of a sudden that's hitting you in the face. All you need to say at this point is, well, we're not thinking about that. Clayton's our guy. We'd love for Clayton to come back. We want to build around him continually. We want Clayton back. If you want Clayton Kershaw back at over $30 million for each of the next two years, it's easy to say because it's not your call. You have no bearing on this. All you have to do is say, we love you and want you to, and want you to come back. It's like when you're if you're dating somebody and you don't know, are we going to stay together, we break up, and you say to her, hey, just tell me you want to be with me and and we'll stay together. And instead of saying, of course I want to be with you, she says, well, I'm not thinking about that right now. I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, and I don't know where I'm going to be. You know she doesn't love you, and you shouldn't be together. All Andrew Friedman had to say was, of course we want Clayton back. Clayton's our guy. Clay- we want Clayton back. But he didn't say that. That's no, a huge else. telling thing to say we're ready to move on without Clayton Kershaw, and Clayton, we're kind of pushing you out of the nest now so you can go someplace else. We told you this a week and a half ago. It was unpopular when it was said, and now everybody's coming back going, you know, this could be the last time, and Kershaw could be testing free agency. Look, sometimes we're just way ahead of storylines, and I'll tell you when we are. We were way ahead of this one. Well, going all the way back to the game one start, and it's all flowed from there. Two good starts, one bad start from Kershaw in the playoffs. Two out of three ain't bad. You want to sing a little bit? Maybe we'll go do some karaoke after the show. Maybe? And TJ, I poured it. I'm sorry, go ahead. But Friedman, in his comments, it's it seems to me for a team that has been so calculated, right, the new business side of baseball and taking care and buttoning things up and going through the analytics and here's your lineup and let's shuffle up and deal time and time again, that you would have that statement mm-hmm. to pour gasoline on what was already a little fire. And being in California, you see a lot about forest fires. You see a lot about things raging out of control. Here's an opportunity to just say, you know what? We've got some meaningful ba- baseball, and Clayton's got a couple of starts left in him this year. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. NFL insider for Bleacher Report, friend of the show, at least – up until Andrew Luck lost to the Jets. It's Jason Cole. JC, what's happening? I only speak to Harmon. Oh, hey, buddy. 
How are you today? Ready Word for week armor. seven? You know, I'm here. Listen, you're no Khal- Smith. You're Khalil Mack. I want LT on the show. All right, you're Khalil. <laughs> you're Khalil Mack of of NFL insiders. I want LT. Harmon only. <laughs> <laughs> So the great John Gruden sell-off of 2018 continues. Khalil Mack being Carmen, one of the... what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, <laughs> pondering the meaning of life, no, Harman, no Knicks. I, I, I mean, seriously, Harmon. We, we need to say this. Jason Cole is very upset over Andrew Luck and the loss to the Jets and the fact that Luck is overrated. So this is why Jason Cole only wants to speak to Mike Harmon tonight. Well, you have the reasoning correct, yes. Yeah, well, okay. I'm just saying, people want to know. I want people to be in, you know, involved and understand what's happening. Well, you got to give the back story, sure. How dare, how dare you? How dare you go after Andrew Luck that way? How dare you call him overrated that way? Okay, stop me, stop me if you heard this one. The Colts get down big in the first half, and Andrew Luck has a couple of turnovers. Then he has a huge comeback in the second half when the team is playing a little bit looser on defense, only to fall just short. Perhaps the the script is redundant. That doesn't mean that if you want me on this show, that you dare to go after him. All right, <laughs> All right we'll, we'll put a we'll put a moratorium on Andrew. Especially Luck with the Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account yeah. I mean, still giving us still right. why, why would you ever want him to be overrated? Because we would dare to lose that account. We would get the right? Captain and, Sam Darnold Twitter you would account. Lose the, you would lose the Bison men who are all named Bill. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I, are you an idiot? Like, are you serious? Like, don't you think at yeah. all? Like, oh yeah, like, oh, you know, what, other than you know, the, like, what's my latest David Wright Abbey or something like that? You know, do you, I mean, do you, do you put more thought into anything than that? Oh no, no, who has time to put thought into things? <laughs> There's too many games to watch. We, we live in a world. Right now, he's good. We live in a world of 140 characters at a time. I'm waiting for the Captain it's, Todd Bowles it, it, Twitter it, it, account. Wake up! It's it's actually 280, but that's okay. He's been limited. Uh, he no, did no, not no, get no. the upgrade. <laughs> I'm typing uh, when I get to when I get to 200 characters. Twitter. When I get to 200 characters on Twitter, other people are already starting new tweets. I got to stop at 180. I got I got to I got to try to win. You got to speed up your game. Is that what you're saying? That's right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, have, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, here's my question. Here's here's a great question. You're Mark Davis, and you are watching this in front of you. You're on the hook for a hundred million dollars for this guy. What are you doing? You are trying to just get to Las Vegas. <laughs> That's all you're trying to do. Counting days. Want to get just to like Las that Vegas. countdown on the how long is left in John Gruden's tenure website? That's up. Well, yo, I'm how long till we're in Vegas? You're, like, you're calling Southwest like every twenty minutes, going, "When's the next flight?" <laughs> <laughs> That's really where we're at. I mean, this really has become a train wreck for the Raiders just in the last couple of days with. Khalil Mack and now the, the the Raiders fire sale and Amari Cooper and today uh, teams don't want him because they don't think he loves football enough. This is absolute dumpster fire. Oh, it's it's magnificent in its in its stentitude. It is just fantastic. <laughs> right, like so you know, you're wasting time ripping Andrew Luck, which again risks us losing the captain Andrew Luck Twitter account, which we've established. You, 
that you're an idiot because of that. And therefore, um, you have missed the whole Gruden thing until now. Like, you, you didn't hop on that train right away. Like, we had to spend time on the, ooh, look at Andrew Luck. All he does is come back in the, in the second half, of course. Well, that's because that, that team's a dumpster fire, too. You know, Andrew's got his problems, okay? But, like, Gruden... <laughs> Like Gruden here, this is the best part. Like you know, like now I know this was written about weeks ago, but the secret personnel staff that he puts together, right, right that, that counters the other personnel staff, and you're not sure that either one of them is any good. This is true, right? Like, like <laughs> which is the better one? And here's the other one: John Gruden. Uh, I'm Mark Davis, right? And I'm watching John Gruden do this. And in the back of my head, maybe somewhere along the line, it might have occurred to me that, you know, John Gruden never built a team in Oakland, and he didn't build that team that he won with in Tampa. What makes me think that, or even better yet, what makes Gruden think that he actually knows how to build a team? It's a fair point. To this to this point, I, I think we've just seen him uh... – do everything he can to denigrate the legacy of Reggie McKenzie's work in the National Football League. <laughs> he's called out any player he doesn't like. I mean, he's making the Bills look like a re- well-run organization oh, right now, and they got Derek wow. Anderson starting. Well, he's making the he's making the Jets look like a well-run organization. <laughs> oh, hey, whoa, whoa, we're getting out of first hey, place. Look pal, look, pal, look, pal. Don't, don't even, don't even like go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a sec, okay. After you did the broadside on Andrew Luck, okay? Like, <laughs> just tolerate it. I have one word for you. I said, let me give you one no, word. No, I don't right want to hear, I I just, don't hear your one word. It's I've, just I've one word. Your, I've tolerated a couple of thousand of your words, of, you know, in this interview already. So I this, don't want to hear one more. This is Ooh, just. Like, this is all of a sudden going to change my outlook yes. on Jason Smith. Like, this oh, yeah. This one word. This one word. Will. This one word will. I got you ready one for it? Word for you. I've got one word for you. Simpleton. Um, oh, okay. It's only Andrew Luck. Wow, it became that personal have, over three, the neck beard. Three words for Jason Cole. Last appearance ever. No, we need him on that wall. <laughs> you do need me on that wall. Oh, we don't. You want to know well, what yeah, my one oh, word cause, is? Yeah, because I forgot LT's on the, on the next call, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got yeah, some questions blind. for him, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry your hand-picked quarterback, Andrew Luck, faltered mightily in the face of Sam Darnold. I'm sorry that happened. I can't tell you about quarterbacks who were taken number one out of Stanford. Guarantee that you win two Super Bowls. So somewhere along the line, mark it down. Uh Just like Jim Plunkett and just like John Elway, Andrew Luck will win two Super Bowls. Okay. Mark it down. With the Colts or somewhere else? Well, in the case of both (laughs) Plunkett, In the case of both Plunkett and Elway, it will it will be into their deep thirties. Yes, but yeah, that's a whole different discussion. Okay, well, remember that for your appearance, you know, twelve years from now uh, on the on the show. Well, yeah, I'll still be appearing on this show in twelve years. Yeah, we'll still wow. be hosting it. <laughs> Look at my career. When we're looking back, um, we're looking back. Oh boy, you know, Sam Darnold, <laughs> eight straight All Pro uh, appearances. He's going right to the Hall of Fame, four Super Bowls. He may be the best quarterback ever. <laughs> This is the next Richard Todd. Oh, <laughs> now we're going to fight. Now I'm going to fly to wherever you are, and we're going to fight. We are going to fight. You're not, you're not flying to Gainesville. You have to connect. 
You don't connect. Now, <laughs> Tebow will get me there. I'm not worried. Tebow's a Met. He's going to get me there. Tebow's a Met. He's <laughs> gonna get he was a Met. He was. A, he is a Met, and he was a Jet. Therefore, he's, he's a god. Oh, we got Jason Cole with us right now. Jason Cole, 62. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.